BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to the What We Said podcast. It's Tuesday and we are ready to make your day right. I'm Chelsea. And I'm JC. And if you're new around here, thank you for stopping by. We hope you enjoy the podcast. You can go binge our old episodes. They're great. Don't, don't go, go too far don't back. Don't go too far back. But if you're an OG and you've been here for a while, how are you doing? Hope you're having a great day. Hope you're having a great Tuesday. Hope your Monday was blissful. And thanks for coming back every week, week after week. What's your favorite day of the week recently? Probably... I love a Friday. I really love a Friday. I think mine might be this Saturday. Really? Uh-huh. Hmm. But I was hmm, typical. <laughs> I'm like, wow, you would. I was thinking it's just so, it makes, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. But the whole world just functions as if it's like the weekdays are, you know, it's grind time. Mm-hmm. The weekends are fun and play, which it makes sense yeah. with, the, with the typical work schedule. But it, lately, I've been feeling the weekends are very weekend-ish. Like, yeah. I've been feeling like, okay, we're all getting together on the weekends. But then I'm like, we should try and do this more on the weekdays if we have the capacity because yeah. things are less busy and stuff. But even if, you know, we make our own schedules and have the privilege of that, but we still don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. We still act like the week the weekdays are the weekdays, yep. the weekends the weekend. Mm-hmm. That's how it is. I know. It's true. But it's fun. It's ingrained into you when you go into when you go to school and Friday just that I feel like that's why I like Fridays because Fridays when you went to like when you're in high school oh my gosh you finally are done with a horrible school for the week and you get to have a full weekend and Friday true, night when day. you're Friday night when you're in high school is so fun like that's true you go with people home to like you go home with them you go grab food you go get pizza then you're there you go to the football game it's so fun it is fun. And then those days are over and we can't have fun because we're old. (laughs) No, the other day I was trying to say weeknight and I was like, well, it's a school night. Please. (laughs) A school night. Reverted back to my 15 year old. And I don't know about you, but my parents were always like, you can't go out, hang out with your friends. It's a school night. That was out of the question to hang out on a school night. I had friends who would have sleepovers on school nights. Oh, and I would be, I would ask my mom, my mom's like, are you crazy? No. You have school tomorrow. I'm like, well, we can just go to school together. Like me living in this. I I think you just watch those movies when you're younger, like Eloise at the freaking plaza or whatever. You think that it could be a reality. That, they like, 
and Princess Diaries, they live in a firehouse, like this crazy life where it's just like unconventional and they just do, you know, they sleep, have sleepovers on weekdays and go to school together. Yes. And we're trying to make that our reality in Gilbert AZ and it wasn't flying. No. My mom's like, you have homework and you're going to bed. (laughs) Do you know what I saw? Did you see this? Tied to this freaking nut. (laughs) Not a repeat from Friday's episode. I'm sorry. He just keeps coming back in. (laughs) Did you see that Summer I Turned Pretty season two? Oh, I didn't see it. Coming out. Ooh. I need to look at the date. Will you be watching? If I'm bored enough. Didn't you watch season one? Yeah. I wasn't like, all these shows, I like them in the moment, but then even like Outer Banks, I'm like, after like the first, second season, I'm like, come on. I've never seen a single season of uh, Outer Banks. Oh, yeah, wait, it's what? cool. It's great. I loved the first season, but then after a while, I'm just like, I'm not following this, this storyline is- anymore. It's gone too far. Yeah, I feel that way too. But the summer I turned pretty really gave me the best summer feeling yeah, of did. my life. Like mm-hmm. watching that at nights, I think it launched in like June or it yeah. came out in June, was the best vibe. And it made me crave like an East Coast summer. It just, it was a good feeling. Um, mm-hmm. However, this is a spoiler. It was the saddest thing I've ever seen. So yeah. that was a real downer. I didn't know it was like a sad thing. Yeah. I try and avoid my emotions. I only watch happy things. <laughs> yeah. It's a little too real. Yeah, but I I, I'm definitely going to watch season two. I want to see what happens. Yeah, who does uh, she pick? It says there's no specific date, but it's summer 2023. Out. Okay, have you seen Jury Duty? No, but that I heard was one it's of my so life good. Updates. I watched it, the whole thing, and it was so good. It was so funny. I had seen clips of it on TikTok, and Abby was telling me about it. And so I started watching it with Nick, and we were like, wait, this is actually so funny, and it's— it would be funny just as a show, but the fact that if you guys haven't heard of it, I'm sure you've seen it all over TikTok. It's like really big right now. There's one guy, his name's Ronald. He's basically being Truman showed. If you don't know what that is, it's like when everyone else around him is actors and he doesn't know it. So he thinks he's in, he's at jury duty, uh, working on a case, like literally on the jury for a, a he's real He's a legitimate case. random person. He's a legitimate random person. Well, okay. This is how they just... Because I was like, wait, how did they even get him? Like, what does he think this is? Because he was talking to the camera. So this is how they, like, got somebody who was, like, kind of willing. Okay. They put out a, uh, they put out an ad to get people who are willing to be part of a docu-series about jury duty. And it was, like, on Craigslist. So it wasn't, like, Hollywood. It was just kind of like, oh, yeah, I'll apply. So they had 29,000 people apply. (gasps) And they, like, interviewed them. And they picked Ronald. But I don't think he knew that he was the only one. I think he thought everyone was like part of it. So then he goes in. So he that's why he knows it's like, oh, this is a docu-series. Like they're doing a little documentary about this jury duty, this random, just like stupid case. And he turns out to be. Wait, don't take, don't, don't give it away to me. No, no, no. Oh. I mean, this is not giving away. He just turns out to be the nicest guy. Okay. Like, I'm like, he's the killer. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, is there a, No, a there's, there's really no. Um, the best part of it is just watching it, knowing that he is oblivious to the fact that these other people are actors and how perfectly the situations play out. It's so good. You have to watch it because he's just such a sweetie. And there's these situations that come up where he, maybe another person would be, they don't know they're being recorded like that. So did he, was he clued into the fact it was actually a series, like a Netflix series, and then it was released? Like, it's not like, I'm sure. to him. Yeah. So, but it, now is he it's literally on Prime famous? Video, though. It's not on Netflix. So if oh. you want to watch, you have to get Prime. Okay. But is he literally famous now? 
Yeah. Like, I'm sure he has, like, yeah, he's so famous. many Instagram followers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just such a cutie. So I'm sure he's just, like, loving it because he's so sweet. And they give him so many... So I'll tell you what's, like, in the first, like, two episodes. That's the funniest part is that James Marsden, you know that is? Yeah. He's a real actor and he's famous. He's in so many movies. He's in, like, The Notebook, like, all these really big movies. He's huge. Like, I would recognize him automatically. Oh, totally. And he sits next to this guy and it's all planted. <laughs> This freaking gnat <laughs> keeps flying around again. Okay, anyways. Not our studio being infested with <laughs> By the way, we're recording this after. It's, it's, so it's the same day. Yeah. Because if you think our literal podcast studio is filled with gnats. No, it's, it's, it's the same It's the same gnat. one. Uh, anyways, what I was saying. Oh, everything's planted. So like where he's going to sit, they make it. Okay, he could sit in these three places. So they have the camera angles like set up right. perfectly. All of the mirrors are actually like two-way mirrors. They're watching this happen. It's freaking crazy. But James Marsden sits next to him and he's like, has James has this, he's kind of playing the part of a douchey actor. So he's like, oh, I thought that that guy's like socks said Sonic on them. He's like, I'm in that movie. And he's like, you're in that movie? He's like, you're kidding. He's like, I, and Ronald, he he's, doesn't know he's being filmed. He's like, oh my gosh. He's like, I heard that was a really bad movie. And James is like, yeah. <laughs> oh. And James is like, I was trying so hard not to laugh because that was not scripted. Like that seems like it was from the office or something like that. But there's just things like that that just come up. And James will like act like such a douche. Like he calls the paparazzi on himself to get out of jury duty. Bye. <laughs> and he like shifts the blame. But they like see if Ronald will tell on him. Like be a good friend. And he just like doesn't tell on him. Like all these little things. Oh, so it's so good. What an interesting uh, concept for a show. Yes. But it's so good. I will say at the end they when they tell him. And of course. Oh, so they have it on camera that they told him. Yes. he. You can see in his face. He's like, what? He's I'm like. Okay, I, this is kind of a spoiler, but they give him $100,000 at the end. They're like, we, we're giving you $100,000 that you won that for being our victim, pretty much. I feel like they should give him way more than that because I feel like if that was you, he was there for three weeks. If everyone you were around, he was like, they were in a hotel. What is it called? Sequestered? Like where they're just by themselves. They mm -hmm. can't go out and see the world. They don't have phones. Oh, and everyone he that. knew, all of his friends were fake. Were, were fake. planted. I would have the worst trust issues for the rest of my life. I feel like they should have given him a million dollars. That's crazy. Like $100,000 is a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. But they literally, Truman showed this guy. That is so, he was like, we, I saw him in an interview. He was saying weeks later, he would be like, oh my gosh, that was fake. Like that interaction we had was fake. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Well, ew, what a weird feeling. Like what if right now, like someone you've known for three weeks is like, I'm kidding, I'm an actor. And everything, um, we've, every conversation we've had has been set up and I've rehearsed it <laughs> that is so wild it's and crazy that's interesting though because his um they can't predict what he's gonna say so they just have to like, no. build, like improv stuff yeah but he says the funniest things <sighs> that is wild I'm gonna watch it for sure Leif and I have been like wanting to watch it we've been yeah. watching Survivor but yeah maybe it's we'll funny. start watching it tonight it's super funny and it's done so you can like watch the whole thing how many episodes did I already ask I think it's seven I definitely watch it. Yeah. It's really funny. So fun. Any other live updates? Not a single one. <laughs> I was trying to come up with something that I've been doing. Uh, the only thing that I did that was interesting this week is cook some meals. Nice. I'm in my chef era. What'd Whenever I cook, well, the main thing was just this like salmon salad situation. 
which I don't have a recipe for. Here's here's what era I'm in. My intuition era. I'm Ooh. not following recipes. Oh, okay. So I made a strawberry matcha today, actually. Really? Didn't follow a recipe. It was actually pretty good. Nice. But just when I'm making sauces and stuff, I'll kind of roughly follow, but I won't yeah. like actually get out measuring yeah. cups, which I feel like normally I, I'm like a perfectionist mm-hmm. with things like that. But I'm like, no, I can I can do this. So I made just like a salad with a homemade salad dressing that was easy and I do believe that homemade salad dressings will always be better than bottled one million percent yeah unfortunately Mm -hmm. but it's not that hard to make and then Leif made a honey mustard salmon and we put it on top of the salad and it was really really good nice we both agreed it was like nice it was worth it yeah and it actually didn't take that long and I always feel so much better when I eat at home Mm -hmm. it's neat it's slowly becoming more of a habit but yeah, I just always feel way better when yeah. I actually cook and eat at home, which Definitely. is obvious. But whenever I do it, I'm like, yep, sure enough. Yeah, sure enough. That's how I feel about breakfast. I feel like what I eat out the most is breakfast. Mm. Like I'll usually walk to a coffee shop just because it's a fun thing to do. And I'll get like toast or a, a pastry or something. But when Nick was gone, especially I was making all my breakfast at home. And I was like, okay, I do. I do remember now that Avocado toast at home is better than avocado it toast. It is. For it always else. is better. I'm at the opposite. I feel like dinner is always what we eat out. Really? Because that's the hardest one to me. Yeah, it's I feel true. like breakfast I f- is easy-ish. Mm-hmm. and doesn't take that much time. Lunch, I can just grab something. But dinner, I'm always like, oh, yeah. Making a full-on like entree with sides, mm-hmm. that's way more time-consuming. Yeah, it is. But what do you normally make for dinner? Honestly, we make a lot of pasta at my house. Sometimes we'll make like beans, rice, like kind of like a, we make a lot of Mexican and a lot of pasta. Yeah. The easiest stuff. I, every once in a while, will try something crazy, but I literally stick to what I know. Like I know this one recipe for, it's like no queso pasta sauce and it's like red bell peppers, cauliflower, chipotle peppers. And I make that so often. And then I, it's easy because I can make it for case too. And I just like leave out some of the spicy ingredients, but case loves pasta. He loves pesto. So we'll make a lot of like pesto pasta and whatever mm-hmm. with like a side of vegetables. Like I can just like cook really fast. Pasta never fails. It never fails. It's so good. Case so eats good. so much of it too. So it's so easy, but every once in a while I try and get crazy and sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. When I make like an omelet in the morning with like veggies and toast with like yogurt and I am thriving in life I'm like oh my gosh I am a homesteader I know it feels so good honestly Mm -hmm. I think once it's more of a habit yeah it's just easier yeah obviously and you get in the groove and it doesn't feel like weird yeah crazy and Mm -hmm. something I'm trying to get over is that I usually will make food for case but then I just forget about me and I'll just like order myself something. Mm. Like I'll literally put so much effort into making it for him, but I don't make enough for me or like won't make it like. And it could be so easy to just make it for both of us, but especially breakfast. Like I'll make him eggs and I'll make him toast and put flaxseed on his yogurt and cut up all these berries for him. And then I'm sitting there and I'm like, mm, I'm hungry. And yeah, I I'm hungry. Have- I'm going to go get a chocolate croissant. And then I've screwed myself. So you played something yourself. Something I'm working on. Setting boundaries with him. <laughs> like, he sounds really toxic, actually. Yeah, that is that is also a thing, is making it for— But making it for more people is also, mm-hmm. for some reason, more so hard. daunting. Yeah. I just love thinking about the fact that everybody eats food every day. Like, everyone has to make or get food every day somehow, and everyone does it so differently. True. 
when I'm watching people's content that cook, it really motivates me to cook mm-hmm. because I'll see that they make something that I would make on my very like craziest day. It'll be a casual lunch to them. I'm yeah. like, really? Yeah. Like, a, but it's motivating because I'm like, okay, it can't be that yeah. hard. The top tier is making every single ingredient of your food. Mm-hmm. I'm usually mid tier where it's like, I'm putting together things, but some of them, it's already prepped. Like, you know, sometimes the pasta sauce is already made. I'm not going to make pasta sauce every time. Sometimes the, you know, like I'll make a sandwich and, you know, I'll make like a little bit of uh, something, but I'm not going to make my own freaking sauce for it or make my own uh, not sauce. Like, I don't know. Dressings. Yeah. Spread. Things like that. Even though I could. Yeah. So, you know, it depends on what day and what tier I'm at. Sure. (laughs) I'm usually in the bottom of the barrel. No, yeah, saw, there, then there's volunteers, <laughs> Postmates, I, um, and I do fall for that. I saw this video, and this girl was like, I hate when people say they can't cook. Like, what do you mean? She's like, if only there were something that was step-by-step directions. <laughs> she's like, right, so are you, you literally can't read? Like, she's like, <laughs> literally. why don't you just read the recipe? I'm like, no, that is, recipes are rigged. I will follow a recipe to a T, and it does not turn out how I want it to. Yeah. The, t- cooking is a talent. It is. And it can be, I do believe it can be learned and it can be improved of upon, course. of course, but it is not, ju- it does not just come easy. No, it takes practice. It definitely takes practice. And, and, and also once you do it a lot, you start to realize like there's this certain like ground beef that I make with this like Asian sauce. Yeah. And now that I'm, I've made it a lot. Exactly. I know how to, I don't use. Yeah. It, um, the recipe. Yeah. The recipe or specific like measuring cups. I just pour stuff in. And it feels so good to be able to do that, but you just have to do it a lot. Yeah, to get exactly. To that That's what I was saying with the pasta. It's like I know how to make a couple like dressings and sauces yeah. that I make for everything. Yeah. And then the ones that I'm like, that was a little too confusing. I honestly never want to make that again. No. Nope. I'm not trying to. For such little reward. Exactly. It's like, it's not <laughs> even that good. It's like decent. No, I'm not trying yeah, to do that no, again. No, no, no. If you guys are looking to get some investment worthy pieces for spring or summer for fitness you need to look no further than lululemon's align collection um i personally love their leggings their high-rise pants the 25 inch ones are the ones that i have that i wear 24 7 but they also come in a longer length 28 inch they also come in the high-rise shorts which are amazingly comfortable and really great for summertime Um, the thing about the Lululemon Align shorts is you can kind of dress them up and wear them with different outfits, or you can wear them to the gym or to work out or to go on a walk. And that's kind of the case with the whole collection. And it is quite literally the comfiest material you will ever put on your body. It's so incredibly flexible and comfortable for everyday wear. I could not recommend these pieces more if you are wanting to buy something that lasts and that is really flattering and just extremely comfy. As I've gotten older, my view on wellness has turned into more of just having an active lifestyle. That's what I strive for. Just having an active lifestyle where I'm not like, okay, I'm only active for an hour every day or these 30 minutes. I try to just walk as much as I can, you know, be on the move. And that is why Lululemon is so amazing because I can wear their leggings and feel comfortable as I'm, you know, going from thing to thing or, going and running errands and then going on a walk at sunset, whatever it is, Lululemon is just comfortable for everything. So get into the Lululemon Align collection at lululemon.com. That's lululemon.com. Go check it out. 
Chelsea and I have started many business ventures together. And if you guys remember when we did Balanced Boss, our website was like the prettiest. Oh, so slay. So slay. The most beautiful website. And it was designed using Squarespace. I've used Squarespace for my old photography websites, for my current website that I have. And it just is such a an amazing, like user-friendly way to build a website and have it look super professional and beautiful with templates and tools that you don't necessarily know how to use if you're not knowledgeable in creating a website like I definitely am not. So from websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to build a beautiful online presence and run your business. Squarespace is everything to sell anything. They have the tools you need to get your business off the ground, including e-commerce templates, inventory management, a simple checkout process, secure payments, Whatever you sell, whether it's digital or physical products, Squarespace has merchandising features to make your products look their best online. Squarespace is a great place for creatives. If you are selling like a digital product or a physical product, it is so user-friendly and they just have the most beautiful templates to use and very useful features like connecting your social media accounts so people can follow you on TikTok or Instagram and they can see what your posts are. And also having a traffic overview is so amazing to see, like how your visits, unique visitors, your page views, how they trend over time, gain insight into the top traffic sources, your products, your um, top browser and operating systems. It's so valuable to have the information in Squarespace makes it very easy. So go to squarespace.com slash what we said for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code what we said to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Again, that is squarespace.com slash what we said and use the offer code what we said to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Go check it out. Well, today we're talking about imposter syndrome, something that probably a lot of us have dealt with or deal with on a regular basis. And as I was looking this up, my hypothesis was correct that women specifically Mm. feel a lot of Uh, imposter syndrome. Yeah, I can see that. Based on many different factors. But shall we first define imposter syndrome? We shall. Do you have the definition? I have the characteristics of imposter syndrome. Oh my gosh, imposter syndrome I can read. Okay, so first of all, I need to say I got this from glamourmagazine.co.uk. It's an article called uh, There Are Five Types of Imposter Syndrome, So Here's How to Identify and Challenge Yours. I thought this was going to be kind of like a BuzzFeed kind of article. I was like, eh. Then I was reading it and it was giving really good just tips and breaking things down in ways that I actually have not heard before. So it's by Anna Lou Walker. Shout out our girl. And I thought this was interesting. It was written or it was published on your birthday. Oh, this year. Must be perfect. January 10th. Must be perfect. Okay, so here's what they say. Correct. Characteristics of imposter syndrome. We all doubt ourselves sometimes. You might be wondering what imposter syndrome feels like. Well, here are the most common characteristics of imposter syndrome. Self-doubt undervaluing contributions, attributing success to external factors, sabotaging self-success, setting unrealistic expectations, continuous fear of not living up to expectations, and finally, burnout. I feel like they are also phases of imposter syndrome where it's like maybe in the start of your career or when you're just getting into, maybe you're going to school for something. You're just getting into this field. You can start to feel, oh my gosh, am I like set up for this? Did other people feel as inadequate as I do? Like, I don't know if I can handle this, but I've seen so many other people go through this school and graduate and become, you know, whatever it is, like 
a chemist, a doctor, a lawyer, whatever it is. Can I actually do it? And then there's the middle stages of, wow, I've actually accomplished a lot of these things. But am I faking it? <laughs> am I really, do I really know as much as everyone else? Like, Could it possibly be from my own like skills? Yeah. And then there's a phase after you get there and you actually accomplish something huge that maybe you start to dissociate from your own success. And it all stems, honestly, from anxiety. I feel like mm. a lot of it is anxiety because it's all thinking of the future. I feel like imposter syndrome that I've experienced is very like, well, and, and uh, that she describes in this article as well. It's like thinking that at any time the other shoe was going to drop and that people are going to find you out for whoever it is that you think that you are, that you are going to mess up and, you know, it can't possibly be you, that it's uh, success wasn't meant for you, blah, blah, blah. And that's so future thinking, which is anxiety, is thinking, what if in the future? What if, what if, what if? And you're getting it in your head. You're not even being in the present moment. And so I feel like a lot of it is anxiety. There are also like different areas of life because I feel like imposter syndrome is mostly talked about for career stuff. But there are also other places that uh, basically it can show up and it, it can show up at home. I was reading this thing. It was saying if you're feeling like unprepared for the responsibility of raising a child or if you feel clueless, like you you have a baby and you're like, wait, am I cut out for this? And you could struggle making decisions for your kid because you don't want to mess up their life. And it can happen to you at school. You might not speak up or answer questions, be, you know, out loud or something because you don't want people to think you're clueless. And when I read that, I had a memory pop up in my brain of myself feeling that way hardcore at church never wanting to get called on. I was like terrified of someone calling on me at church because I was like, I don't know enough about mm -hmm. this stuff. Or if like I got called on to say a prayer, I was like, oh my gosh, like I don't want to give the prayer because I feel like I'm not As like good. equipped yeah. to pray. I pray in front of people. It just stresses me out. It can happen in relationships. Like if you feel unworthy of the attention that your partner gives you or something, it could lead to self-sabotage. Maybe you literally end the relationship before they can because you're feeling stressed about that. So there's a lot of ways in which we can kind of undervalue ourselves and feel these feelings of being an imposter. And it comes in so many different ways. I think like second guessing ourselves, overthinking, perfectionism. There's a million different ways that it can come through and become an issue for you. But I feel like just the bottom line is we all as people want to feel valued. And specifically, if we're talking about career stuff, I think sometimes how we feel like we connect with people or how they find us valuable is if we are impressive or as if we've done cool things. And so it's like you're constantly wa wanting to have success or to be of value to people. But the irony is once you get there, you're like, this was all luck. I'm a failure actually in <laughs> yeah. real life. Like it just feels very, it, you can literally feel like you're disassociating from, yeah, your own life and your yeah. own success sometimes. It's I've really crazy. Definitely. I have too. I, I actually, now that you're saying that, want to read this, the five like different types of imposter syndrome. Yes. Five types of imposter syndrome because there's the perfectionist the natural genius, the rugged individualist, the expert, and the superhero. And I feel like everybody can relate to like one of these things. And one of them was kind of what you were just talking about. The perfectionist, 
typically sets very high expectations for themselves and that even if they meet 99% of those goals, a small loss will feel like a large failure. So when mistakes do happen, perfectionists question their core competence, which can easily translate to feelings of imposter syndrome. And then what to do if this is you. Uh, The most important approach for this group is to learn to accept your mistakes or to see them as an inevitable part of larger successes. Try tuning into the podcast, uh, what we said. (laughs) You could try just Please, a, pl- a, a, a plug, a shameless plug for their podcast. Celebrating your achievements is also key to maintaining perspective and avoiding emotional burnout. But that um, podcast was How to Fail with Elizabeth Day. Anyways, number two, I won't go to how to for all of these, but is the natural genius. So they've been top of their class for as long as they can remember. Success becomes very is very easy for them. And then as they grow and mature, they are bound to encounter scenarios where achievement doesn't present itself as second nature and hard work or struggle is required for their desired results. And because they're not used to this, natural geniuses tend to suffer from imposter syndrome feeling that they struggle, that they struggle to meet their goals is because they're struggling to meet their goals is a sign that they lack ability and aren't good enough. I feel like that's people who did really well in school. They're naturally gifted. I can think of a hand, like one specific person in my life that is like this. And they are so naturally talented. Like they are good at everything that they do. And then later on in life, they're like, wait, this is like kind of hard. So I must not be good at it. Like, because I'm so good at everything else, if I even struggle a little bit, it's not for me. And that sucks. Then the rugged individualist does asking for help trigger your imposter syndrome? Do you struggle to see something as a success unless you achieved it by yourself? You're most likely a rugged individualist. These kinds of imposters struggle to reach out when they need assistance as they feel getting help with a task invalidates their contribution or shows that their own skill set is in some way lacking. Knowing when to ask for help is a vital sign, not only in work, but in life too. Asking for help is never a weakness. Uh I do relate to that sometimes. Then the expert, if you're an expert type, you probably prefer to spend time researching and gathering as much information as possible before you start a new project. You like to come into something new from a position of knowledge and expertise, and you probably regularly regularly spend time looking for ways to improve your skill set or undergo extra training. However, this drive to become an expert can trigger imposter syndrome, holding you back from applying for jobs if you don't meet all the criteria in the description or preventing you from speaking up in a seminar because you're afraid that your answer won't be perfectly informed. Kind of like what you're saying with the church thing, too. Mm-hmm. It's like you um, like to be knowledgeable before yeah. you talk about something or yes. do something. Yeah. And I th- found the interesting thing for that was like what to do if this is you. Make an effort to move away from hoarding knowledge and instead just learn, like lean into on the go learning mm-hmm. and just trust your intuition and just trust that you can. You're capable of improvising. And I thought that was cool. Then the last one is the superhero. They push themselves to work harder than everyone around them to prove that they're not imposters. Their expectations for themselves are higher than their expectations of others, and they feel a sometimes overwhelming need to succeed in every element of their life, at work and at home. Their feelings of imposter syndrome will be triggered when one of these areas is not as strong as the other. Working harder than others to prove your worthiness or to cover up feelings of being an imposter can quickly lead to burnout. Those are the five. So I'm all of them. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm like, I feel like, you know— all of them can be in different felt. phases yeah. of life. I had written down some moments where I have felt imposter syndrome. And then we'll label you. <laughs> I will label myself I'm kidding. for each. Number one is going on tour. Mm-hmm. Um, 100%. I was thinking about this actually recently. And shout out Chelsea, because you've always believed in us. Yeah. But I have not. <laughs> because as far as 
going on live tour. So yeah. I remember when we were first going to do a live show, I was adamant that we had to have guests. Yeah. And Chelsea was like, honestly, oh, yeah. I think we could do it alone. And I was like, absolutely <laughs> not. We I do need, that, actually. We need people up there. I, yeah. Like what? We're going to improv? I was like, nah, no. And we had guests. We had Kristen and Lexi. And it was so fun. And like, it was perfect for what it was. It was our first event in LA. That was before the pandemic, actually. But after we got a taste of it, I remember even when we were there with Kristen and Lexi feeling very comfortable and being like, oh, this wasn't as scary as I thought yeah. it was. So maybe we could, you know, do it just us. I don't know. But even still, then we didn't do any shows for like two years because of the pandemic. And so then we were going to go on tour and do all these shows. And I feel like I did and still do have major imposter syndrome about that concept of us showing up to these venues it's and crazy. being two you feel girls like- in feathers and sparkles <laughs> and all the people working at the venues being like, okay, go off. And they're sh- and they're like, wow, oh wait, you guys sold out. Yeah. The venue. We're like, yeah, it's surprising to us as well. We're shocked too. Trust me. But I've had major imposter syndrome with that whole thing. Just, I mean, I believed that we could do it. But even sometimes when I think about it, I'm like just shocked. And when people actually show up, I always, I said this a million times. I'll be like, we got to post on our story. Everyone for, probably forgot about the show. And Chelsea's like, you think they forgot <laughs> about the show? <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't know. It feels like no one's going to be there. We're yeah. going to go on stage. If there's going to be no one in the audience. Like, I genuinely feel that way. So that's one area where I've felt major like this cannot be real, right? Like it does feel like some sort of weird luck thing or like, you know, anyway, that's more more recent thing. And and that is it's weird because it is a something you're you're accomplishing in the moment. And I find myself like having to not dissociate from my own from the present moment. Yeah, because I'm like, this can't be real. Like this, this doesn't happen to me. Like this happens to other people, but it doesn't happen to me. This is so weird. Like, okay, wait, you really want to come meet us? Like, me? You want to talk to me? Like, are you sure you want a picture with me? Like, even so, they'll be like, let's get a picture. Or like, I'm like, well, okay, I'll take it. And they're like, we want you in the picture. And I'm like, wait, really? Like, me? It's, I think everyone just has that feeling sometimes of, not me. This happens to other people, but it doesn't happen to me. Yes, it is a very, very weird feeling. Also, just getting asked to be on bigger podcasts, like even going on Skinny Confidential or, you know, being asked to be on interviewed. I was just on Scrubbing In with Becca and Tanya and I got asked to be on this other podcast soon too. And that also makes me feel like an imposter where I'm like, why? Like, it just, it's these people who I look up to in the industry and I'm like, why would you want me to be on your podcast? It genuinely confuses me. And it takes everything in me to, like you said, kind of be in the moment and be like, oh, this is cool. And I think for me, any success that I've had in my career, I have maybe talked about this on the podcast before, but I have attributed a lot of it to luck and timing. I always say, I'm like, I just started Instagram at such a good time. And then with our podcast, I'm like, we just started our podcast at such a good time. I got on TikTok at the right time. And I feel like I'm constantly attributing any success I have to like, I just got so lucky with that. And something I've realized lately is after 10 years of repeated successes, like 
it's not just luck. Yeah. And that's something that is really empowering to admit to yourself. And that's the case with anything. You don't have to find this crazy success and be rich as hell. Like, that's not what I'm even saying. It, it's not, it, has, it doesn't have to be like, you found social media success. It, it's in whatever area. It doesn't even have to be your career. But if you've done something successfully for years, if you've had a consistent routine in some area of your life for years, that is not by chance. And that is not by luck. It is because of your habits and your routines. Yeah. And your drive to keep doing them. And so I think it's important for us to like give ourselves credit. I'm just saying everyone mm -hmm. in general to be like, yeah, if I've been successful for this long, it's obviously, you know, it doesn't do itself. Like yeah, it doesn't exactly. just happen by itself. It happens with with work. And lastly, I just wanted to say like this is kind of a maybe a dumb one, but just being an adult gives me imposter syndrome. Like I was thinking two things that I could come up with on the top of my head were like planning Leif's 30th birthday and putting that all together and having everyone come out and like it, it was kind of a moment of imposter syndrome where I'm like oh I'm an adult I'm planning my husband's 30th birthday party yeah. all of our friends are coming I planned these activities I paid for this and that it it was a weird like out-of-body experience where I'm like me I thought I was 18 like yeah. it's, it's a weird <laughs> experience and I feel the same with going into doing IVF I also feel like an imposter I feel like I'm 16 years old. Yeah. I'm like, why am I going to this fertility clinic and getting blood work done? Like, these are just <laughs> weird ways that I've felt like yeah. I'm not not in my actual body. I'm like, this is a weird experience. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes it, it is just that where it's like disassociating and you're like, oh, I just have to come back to my body pretty much. And then other times it is filled with more anxiety where it's like, am I even fit to be doing this? Like, oh, wow, this is crazy. But then also it is crazy. And actually, am I incompetent? Like, can I even do this? And I wanted to read this part of the, the same article that was talking about sabotaging self-success, like you were just talking about. It says, imposter syndrome reinforces feelings of inefficacy. It pushes people to go out of their way to make poor or risky decisions. The imposter phenomenon causes people to experience a fear of success. They believe it is unattainable no matter how hard or often they try to attain it. Success isn't meant for them. Imposter syndrome also results in people psyching themselves out. They tell themselves their contributions will be sloppy, insufficient, or purposeless. This self-doubt can cause them to apply less effort, attention, creativity, and persistence until it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I thought that was so fascinating because I was thinking about how, I can't remember what we were talking about, but Tyson had at one point talked on his podcast about how he's like, how do people fear success? Like that makes no, you're scared of money, fame, <laughs> like what's the problem? He's like, I'm chasing it. Yeah. And I was thinking about that because people do fear, they don't fear the money. They don't fear, you know, having a nice car. They fear the reality of their dreams happening in real time and experiencing the heartache, the emotions, the rejection, putting their, themselves out there to be critiqued, judged, rejected possibly. And that's what they are scared of. They're scared of when your dreams are just just that, a dream in your mind, you're in complete control of how it feels. It feels like blissful. You're a little, you're more comfortable as well. Yeah, you're. it's euphoric to you because this dream is just an idea in your head. 
the reason you don't go after it is because you have this fear in you that you won't be able to do it. So you're like, I'm not going to put myself out there just to be heartbroken. That's It's a way to protect yourself, the self-sabotage of it. And I thought it was interesting that it's not only imposter syndrome isn't just there just to tease you and make you feel sad. It actually also negatively impacts your work. It can make you not put in as much effort. It can make you have low self-esteem, which then won't, you know, you'll be fogged with anxiety and, and not make the best decisions. And I feel like when you really work on switching that mindset and being like, yeah, I'm here and maybe I don't know how I got here. Maybe it is a little bit of luck, but also I am very competent. I've been working hard for this and I'm good at improvising and I can figure it out. I have faith in myself. Then you can make better decisions and you actually will be more successful. It's very interesting that imposter syndrome actually keeps you in your in your comfort zone. Yeah. And I feel like it's so interesting to... I heard Abby talking on her podcast about this. And I think most of us maybe, well, in this space, maybe you can relate, but maybe not. But Abby was saying how sometimes it's hard for her to be like, oh, if someone's talking to me, I don't know if they're just talking to me to like be friends with Chelsea or like because they listen to Chelsea's podcast and I'm just Chelsea's sister. So like, do they really want to talk to me? Do they really like my podcast? Or are they just saying that to like get, you know, to Chelsea? And I... She feels that way about me and I feel that way about you. Like where I'm like, okay, are people, you, JC, yeah. like the listeners, <laughs> like even it's so, I was reminiscing on the beginning of the podcast and like our career mm -hmm. going to like influ influencer events as your friend. And when our podcast hadn't really like even started really, it was way less pressure to go to events as your plus one, as somebody who was just like a friend, like. I wasn't really putting myself out there to be judged or critiqued. No one knew my name. So it's just like, hey, hi, I'm Chelsea. Nice to meet you. Blah, blah. Like, I'm just having, I'm here for a good time. And then to, it was weird how you would think like, okay, I, now I want to go to events where they invite me. Like, I'm not just the plus one. Now they're asking me to go. But I still, even when they I invite me to go somewhere, I'm like, are they just trying to invite me? Because maybe I'll post about her. I'll tell JC about her. Like, and then she'll post about her. Like, are you just saying you want to, like, if you meet me and you want to be friends with me so that you can be friends with JC, like, are you using me? You know, there's always these, like, thoughts of are you using me to get to someone more famous or has more, like, clout or, you know, followers. And and um, then literally I feel like that with, like, Aspen and Kristen. That's yeah, so funny. It's like, so interesting. You know, just people who are like, I love you. Like, I, but they, they, when they meet you, they're like, tell Kristen this yes. or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. it's the same thing. It's like always, but it, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. And it's interesting because my feelings when I go to events, even when, when someone will invite both of us on a podcast, I'm like, they probably just feel obligated to like have me. Like they probably don't want both of us. Like they probably just feel if they're going to talk about the podcast, they should have me too. But then I'm like, no, they wouldn't. Like they wouldn't. Well, maybe they do, but I've tried to adopt the mindset to just, so what if they are like, so what if someone is talking to me to get to you? Like, you are awesome. Like, they should want to be your friend. And I have to just believe them for face value. I'm not going to go around, what's their intention? Like, thinking about what everyone, do they feel obligated to have me? Like, maybe they did feel obligated to have me, but I'm happy to be here. At least they asked me. But then me. they'll fall in love with you. Yeah, it's like, at least they asked me and I'm happy to be here. And it's, you know, I feel like I try to look at it from a different perspective. Like, I heard someone else talking like, well, I'm just you know, uh, scared they're using me for my friend, I would be like, so what? Like, if they're using you for your friend, you get to do all these awesome things and you get to, like, 
have these great opportunities. Like, so literally who cares about yeah. that? Like everyone has that person that, you know, anyways, I just feel like it's a fascinating dynamic, first of all, but then also learning to have just a more open and less get take my ego out of situations helps a lot with imposter syndrome where I'm just like, well, I don't have to figure out if this is, if I am the most competent person, I'm probably not, but maybe I am too. I'll never know. So I might as well just go with the flow. Well, I think you do need to give yourself more credit as far as the podcast goes, because I feel like the podcast is what it is because of our dynamic and the two of us. It's, I mean, great that I had a following before that we could, that we could utilize, but also (laughs) like, it's not, it's also not by chance that the podcast is yeah. successful with the two of us. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, thank you. I do not think that it, I w- if I had a podcast alone, it would be nearly as successful yeah. and I definitely wouldn't go on tour or do anything like that. Mm. Thank you. You're welcome, queen. <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's very easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and to never really take a moment to think about what you need for yourself. I know if personally being um, somebody who can get wrapped up in, you know, what other people expect of me and not really taking the time to make sure that I'm getting my emotional needs met. Therapy has really helped me with that uh, when I'm talking about a situation and my therapist will point something out and I'm like, oh, you're right. That, yeah, that should be a boundary. Or yeah, I should take a little more time to journal my feelings or, you know, just do something to really empower me to, you know, live my best life and become the best version of myself. And that's why we love BetterHelp. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. I think that a very common feeling in today's world is burnout and just feeling burned out, overwhelmed, and honestly just exhausted from everything that all of your responsibilities, trying to live up to what people expect from you, doing, trying to keep your own stuff and your own emotions in check. And Therapy can be a very helpful release of all those emotions and can kind of be a productive way for you to move forward. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge, which is amazing and makes it super flexible. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash what we said today to get 10% off your first month. That is betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash what we said. We're going to jump into an ad real quick to talk about Symbiotica. We love Symbiotica, especially after we had Sherveen, the founder, on our podcast a while back. It's a very good episode. You guys can go back and listen to it. We learned all about these supplements And something that was missing from my daily routine and just my daily nutrition uh, was supplements. And when I started taking some of Symbiotica's supplements and implementing them into my morning or night, I noticed a difference. And I just love having them as part of my daily routine. They're great. I Even before our show the other day, um, before our Orange County show, I took out all my supplements popped them in, was like, okay, I'm feeling great. My brain's working. (laughs) Gotta gotta, uh, get on my best behavior for our VBGs. Symbiotica is a health supplement company designing sophisticated formulations that are scientifically proven to increase vitality and longevity by filling nutritional gaps that result from our modern day diet. They have the highest quality bioavailable ingredients and the most advanced delivery system. So you can trust them. 
I love their liposomal magnesium L3 and 8. It is really, really great. It's just kind of like a creamy little pudding that you just squeeze into your mouth and it's super easy to take. It doesn't taste like super medicinal like some other supplements do. And a lot of people are deficient in magnesium. That's something that we learned from Shervine. And also, I just see so much content about that. I'm always so grateful that we have a uh, discount code for Symbiotica because it is such a great company and I see it all over my For You page. I see it at the grocery stores, like the health food stores that I go to. It's a very reputable brand. So if you guys are interested in supplements and you want to kind of add those into your daily routine, it's really good quality. And I think that's super important when you're, if you're going to be spending money on stuff like this. I also love their vitamin C. It's great for if you're, you know, just trying to protect your immune system and can help with collagen production and healthy aging as well. So use code what we said on symbiotica.com for 15% off site-wide or create your custom bundle and get up to 45% off. And the code applies on top of the custom bundle discount. Again, that's code what we said on symbiotica.com. Go check it out. Okay, I also wanted to say, as for things to like kind of help, well, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? Um, I have like a, no, I have like an exercise, but... I can get into that later. Okay. I just, I think I've talked about this before, but being aware of your strengths and your weaknesses, I think is valuable. And I don't think there's anything wrong with acknowledging your weaknesses. Like you can work on things and, and whatever, but there's nothing wrong with acknowledging that you're not good at everything, but focusing on your strengths, because there's probably a lot of things that you're really good at and that actually make you really good at whatever you're doing. And again, this doesn't have to be career. I feel like that's kind of what we're focusing on, but it could be something that makes you a good mom. It could be something that makes you a good friend or partner or anything. Just, it makes you a good person. It makes you, you know, good at going about life. So I personally have a list on my phone that's pinned of things that I think are some of my strengths. And when I'm feeling like an irrelevant loser, I go to that list. <laughs> Two days and, before my period starts. <laughs> and I remember that I do have strengths and I have things that are good at. And we all have things. It's such a confidence booster to focus on your strengths. It's not selfish. It's not bragging. We all have them and we should focus more on them because it makes us more motivated. Yeah. And if you're going to give time to your weaknesses, you need to give time to your strengths. For sure. And I, I think like, the acknowledging, the acknowledgement of your weaknesses, you know, it's, it's good to keep you humble. That's what yeah. it's good for. But focus more on your strengths and what you're good at because that's what's going to just lead you to the best things that probably light your soul up and you have fun doing is the things that you're probably drawn towards yeah. and that you're good at. So that's something I do that I think is like a really good exercise, especially if you've been feeling down in the dumps I promise, dig deep, you can find things that you're good at and strengths that you have. Well, this exercise that I found actually goes literally perfectly with that because it's like a little bit of a different take on it to help you if you're like, I can't think of anything about myself. Okay, so this is from the account 53 Bengali. They said, okay, so if you get out a journal, on the left side of the journal, so you open the page, there's two blank pages, right? Left side prompt, put yourself in the shoes of others in your life and compliment yourself. So they, like, for example, put, like, my parents and family, my friends, my coworkers, my boyfriend, my cat or my dog. And you go through and be like, okay, what would my family say about me? And they were saying, like, she is a caring, respectful daughter. 
We are so proud of the woman she's becoming. We appreciate her understanding and forgiveness. My friends would say she's really fun to be around. She brings good energy. We love talking to her because she's a great listener. This is all the examples that this account had put down. And then, please, the my cat, she said, she pays a lot of attention to me and spends time with me. She takes care of my health and well-being. Bye. So cute. So I'm crying. So, like, what kind of words would your friends, family, coworkers use to what would they say about you? You can write down actual compliments they've given you. You can make sure you write in second or third person so you're truly hearing it from, like, another point of view. Mm. Not like, I am this. It's like, she is this. And then on the other side— Summarize the compliments and write them in first-person affirmations. So like putting yourself back in the role, basically. Like, as a daughter, I am a loving, caring daughter towards my parents. Like, then you kind of just rephrase it mm -hmm. so they become affirmations. And I thought this was such a cute, like, work to just improve your self-perception because it's like you were saying, I think you were talking about a TikTok that was like the science of your likability, how people perceive you. Like, you're like, I'm a loser. No one likes me. I'm worthless. And the person next to you could be literally thinking like, wow, they literally did so much for me. They have, you know, I like them so much, borderline obsessed with them. And you wouldn't, you just yes. don't even assume that. And you don't know. This girl was saying there's science behind, there have been studies where people will interview someone and be like, how much do you like this person? I'm making this up on a scale of one to 10. And then they ask that person, how much do you think that person likes you? Yeah. And basically what you think about how much they like you is always way lower than the actually amount, the actual amount that they like you. And I saw this little graphic. It's on scienceofpeople.com, I think. But it's like who you think you are. And it's just this circle. And it's like an awkward, crazy mess of an individual who tries too hard to impress people and has no talent. <laughs> and then who others think you are. A pretty cool person. Literally. And it's like we just overthink so much just in general. I think everyone does. It's like we are our worst critic. We think so much about ourselves for one. Yeah. Constantly. Like, oh, I feel like that was awkward that I said that. I feel like that was dumb. And it's like people don't care. No. They don't. They really don't care. They don't think about you that much. And I feel that way about all of my friends. Even if my friend opens up and is like, I've just been feeling dumb lately. I feel like when I said this or whatever, I'm like, I literally love you so yeah. much and think you're so awesome. I, there is, I don't care about that. Yeah. Like, it's just, I feel like it's so easy to get so in your head. And I'm here to tell you, most people don't care. Mm -hmm. And if there is someone who's nitpicking every part of your personality, it's like, you probably shouldn't be friends with them. No, I don't know. They're it's bored. Rude. They're bored. And they don't have their own. They're probably actually obsessed with you. They, they actually probably like you more than other it's people true. do. They're the fan, actually. I know it's so it's so hard to not I think what what's the main reason for this too is you compare yourself to other people who maybe are doing the same thing as you or in the same role as you that you feel incompetent for doing it's like even obviously works like someone has the same job you're like well they're much smarter they they're doing this how can I even live up to them they know all the answers to this I don't I'm dumb whatever they have so many friends. I don't. And we see so much of it. So it's so easy to compare. Like we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people. I feel like even in the role of mother, sometimes I'm like, kind of like you were saying with the, oh my gosh, I'm planning this 30th birthday. Like I'm an adult. Sometimes when I'm doing things and I'm like washing a bottle and I'm, you know, putting him in his stroller, packing up the car, like getting all of his stuff together, changing his diaper. I'm like, I, I, I like have this moment. I'm like, I, what is happening? What am I doing? Like, I feel like I'm I am a 18 year old as well, like 
role-playing mom or something. (laughs) And then I'm like, I'm actually doing this. And I think specifically in that role, it's like you could feel like, do other moms know something I don't? Like, are they doing something so good for their kids that I don't know I'm doing, like that I don't know? Do I know enough? Am I cut out for this? And the truth is nobody is perfect. Everyone kind of feels like that too in different areas. And if they're not, they're just using their, you know, gift of delusion to believe that they are completely, perfectly competent for everything they do. And I liked the part in that article is saying, like, have faith in your ability to compromise or uh, improvise, not compromise. And I I like that mindset. I like being like, OK, I'm just going to go with the flow, improvise. If I don't know something, it's OK if I don't know. You know, I'm, I don't I, something with imposter syndrome is you're you're waiting to be like found out. Like Mm -hmm, your fraudulence, yeah, to come through. And if you just accept that you don't know things, it's actually easier to just be like, ooh, I actually don't know that, but I will look into it. I I have faith that I will try hard. I know I can work hard. I know I can accomplish what I need to do. I don't have to have it all figured out right now. I think something that I read about how to kind of kick imposter syndrome away is focusing on facts. And Sometimes that is important to kind of be brought down to earth and focus on the facts of something instead of the feelings and the opinions and the perception and the thoughts. And sometimes I will actually do this if, because I definitely am whatever one it was saying, you basically can never do enough. Like you could be 99% of- The perfectionist. Yeah, like doing it and, but it's still, you're like, well, I could have done this more or something. Mm -hmm. But sometimes at the end of the day, I'll be like, I just feel like I didn't get enough done today. And I did this the other day and I wrote down what I did. (laughs) I was stunned speechless. Like I literally got up early, went to a workout class, made a healthy breakfast, completed all these different work tasks, shot two different things like photos and videos for it, updated. I was like, I did so much today. And it's important to remember the facts. It's like Mm -hmm. those are literally you did so much and you don't need to do anymore. And even if you didn't, who cares? But it's like, I was stunned when I actually sat down and and put the list together because I did a lot. Yeah. And sometimes even things you're doing subconsciously or like, you know, putting away laundry or something that you don't even consider it a big task, but that's something productive that you did yeah. for your day to help you get to a better place. So I think it's very important to focus that on that. And even if you are in your job and you're feeling inadequate, focus on the facts. Like, I did get hired for this job. Mm -hmm. What were the requirements or the things that they saw in me? Why did they hire me? It was was these things, actually, they told me. Yeah. So I know that's true. You know what I mean? It's like Mm -hmm. there are certain facts in life of things that have happened. It's kind of nice to sometimes think about that and call on that when you're feeling overwhelmed. The last thing I wanted to say that I had written down, which you kind of just touched on, is like the opposite of imposter syndrome syndrome is being a little bit delusional, which I think is very healthy, mm-hmm. actually, because if you're not a little bit delusional, your life is probably very serious and very taxing and hard. Honestly, we all need a little bit of delusion to get through life. And I feel like I go through waves of being incredibly delusional and then very <laughs> imposter syndrome heavy realist. Yeah. And I think that's maybe normal ish. But sometimes you just got to be delusional and be like, I can do whatever I want in life. I'm capable of literally whatever I want to do. You know, once you get there, you, you might feel like an imposter. But the next day you could be back to being delusional. 
And I think it's important to keep a little delusion in your life. Yeah, I, I think it's sometimes delusion can be you letting go of all the crazy expectations you have for yourself and just being like, well, I can get it done. Yeah, sure. I'll figure it out. And, and I think that's the mindset I've really been trying to adapt. And, I, and it's interesting because when I think back on, you know, five, six, seven-year-old Chelsea, like that's how she was. She was just like happy to be there. It's like, yeah, I'm happy to be here. It's like the, uh, I always say this quote by Kylie Jenner, but it just sticks out to me. And I actually, I'm like, I relate to Kylie. I'm the Kylie, you're the Kendall. But <laughs> even how she was in like early Kardashian episodes, like I feel like that's how I was when I was little. She was just like, when she, when Kendall was complaining about not getting invited, she was like, I don't let myself not be invited. It's like, that's how I feel like I used to be. And now I, I'm trying to adapt that mindset again of like, I don't have to question why I'm here. I don't have to question my worth or if I deserve this or that. I'm happy to be here. I'm here. It is what it is. And I obviously worked hard. Yeah, maybe there's a little bit of luck, but I'm happy to be here. I don't have to worry about, I don't have to try and figure out even why, why you I'm are here. Where you are. Yeah, yeah, I'm just happy to be here. And I'm grateful for the opportunities that that have been given to me and I'm happy to take them. And I think when you have that mindset or even just that little bit of a delusion of like, yeah, I can do it. When you get invited to do a big podcast, you're like, yeah, of course I'll do it. Yeah. I'll be awesome on it too. I'll be funny. Like, yeah. you know, instead of, hey, are they really going to like me? You know, am I going to say the right thing? Because then you get in There's your There's obviously a reason also, yeah. which, is, which is very important to remember. Like if you got hired for a job, if you became a mom this year, if you whatever, there is a reason that you are in that place. I believe that at least. Yeah. And I think I wrote down this quote and I'm not sure. So Serena Kerrigan, I don't know if she made this up or if she just shared it on TikTok, but she said, if you weren't ready, you wouldn't have the opportunity. And I feel like that's a comforting yeah. thought of wherever you are, if you were not ready for it, the opportunity would have not have presented itself or you wouldn't have taken the opportunity because you wouldn't have been ready. It wasn't so meant for if you. it's yeah. happening, you're ready and let's get it. Take you know it. What I yeah. Mean? Get along for the ride. Mm -hmm. And you don't, you don't need to be, I think perfectionism plagues a lot of us because it's like feeling like we have to be perfectly prepared and, and competent when then we just don't get anything done because we're never going to be completely competent or perfect at ever, anything. And no one is. I'm telling no, you, everyone no one. that I've met the most, the most successful people that I've met feel the same way. Yeah. Like I have no idea. <laughs> like I, well, I'm here. No, exactly. And Say you want to be an influencer. Say you want to be like a TikToker or something. And you're like, well, I just, those people have something I don't. No, they don't. They don't have anything that you don't have. They might have like physical external things you don't have, but innately their worth is not more than yours. You could do whatever you want to do. Just try it. If that's something that you want to do, just start posting. And who knows? You could literally blow up overnight. And everyone who ever gets famous from those they kinds of things, they always say that. They always say, I thought it wasn't going to be me. That's how we literally feels like I didn't think it was going to be me that my podcast was going to be successful. What? Like literally what? Like that sounds like fake when you tell, you know, mm -hmm. you told our past selves that's like, oh, yeah, that would be great. But you just have to remember there are people like less qualified, less, <laughs> not less worthy, please, <laughs> less qualified than you doing what you want to be doing. Totally. They just have that bit of delusion that you need to adopt. Just try it. Exactly. You and, gotta have delusion. And open yourself up to a little bit of failure because the best things in my life have been the hardest things and the things that I've doubted myself on the most. Mm -hmm. And then when I come out on the other end, having gone through that, 
I have so much more confidence and I have so much more just knowledge and like wisdom, I feel like, mm-hmm. to keep for the rest of my life. I have um, a poem oh. that I wanted to end with. Slay. I didn't write it. Do you think I wrote it? No. Oh. <laughs> I found it. Like I knew it. you were incapable of that. Come no, on. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. I, I could never. <laughs> uh, no, I found it and I loved it. And I felt like it went with this poem or this topic perfectly. Okay, hopefully I don't cry because when I read this, I was kind of tearing up, but <laughs> the garden that you're growing. <laughs> I'm like, love her, but leave her wild. <laughs> the garden that you're growing. You're looking in the mirror and you don't like what you see. You're nothing like the person that by now you thought you'd be. And the voices in your head start telling you those lies. So now there's a tremor in your lip and tears in your eyes. This is long. Chelsea's sobbing. <laughs> Great. They tell you about the others who are so much better than you. And you've heard it enough times that you start to believe it's true. That everything you've worked to be and everything you've made when put against another life just all begins to fade. But oh, you need to wipe your eyes and see things as they are. A life of your own making should never be put on par. And their grass just may be greener, but that is not worth knowing. For the greenest grass cannot compare to the garden that you're growing. Oh, <laughs> Is that the end of it? Yes, yeah, it's by Rachel H. Sorry, no, no last name, just Slay Rachel, Rachel H. I just thought that was sweet because I think, like I was saying earlier with comparison, it's just easy to look at yourself and then flashes of everybody else, you know, doing things that you want to be doing or doing things you think are better than you, whatever. It's so easy to let that become your imposter syndrome. Like those voices are your imposter syndrome. And I think when we just focus on the things that we've built and the things that we're doing and the life that we have is the only life that we're living. We don't get to live those other lives. So we might as well just love the path that we're on and make it the best life that we possibly can. And you will be so, the the irony is that I feel like you'll be so much more successful at everything you try if you are not swiveling your head constantly. Yes. Like if you put your head down and you're just doing your own thing, that is when you will be the most successful is truly I I fully believe that I have this analogy that I actually used to talk about in balanced boss but when I did swim team in high school I for a, a lot of years of my life I did swim and they always say to keep your head down so especially in the stroke that I would do is like breaststroke but in all of the strokes you're racing lane next to lane the lanes are right next to each other you could look to your left and you see the next person swimming and it's very hard It's very tempting when you're in the middle of a race to check where the other swimmers are at because you're all within milliseconds of each other. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, and your curiosity can get the best of you, but the best advice that your coach gives you is don't look in the other lanes. Quite literally stay in your lane because when you move your head, it literally impacts your uh, ability to swim faster. That could be the millisecond that you just lost because you look at someone else. And it actually makes you slower. And I feel like that's a great analogy for life when you're checking on what everyone's doing all the time. It's slowing you down. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. You'll know, you can only do as good as you can do. So you might as well just do your best and see where you land. Yeah. People say that about traffic too. Isn't it like scientifically proven that if you switch lanes a bunch because you're trying to like beat the traffic, you literally like end up slower than if you just stayed in the same lane the whole time. Mm -hmm. It's, It's a good metaphor because I do think it's true. And the times when I've been not even like been the least successful but also the least happy is when I'm like looking constantly at other people being like oh is that the thing okay I need to do that oh no now I need to adopt this into my life like it's that's a very exhausting way to live and you can't make the progress you want to make yeah I think all of it's intertwined and it adds to the checklist in your mind of everything you need to be 
Mm-hmm. When you see somebody else doing something, it's like, well, they have this amount of money. They have this job. They have this. Okay, I need to, that adds to my checklist of things that I need to do or I need to be. And then your checklist just becomes ridiculously long with things you don't even necessarily no, want. and for what? And that are just making you sad for no reason. It's like, go through that checklist you have in your mind and check off the things that you don't even literally want to be doing or have. Exactly. Like, well, this person can do it because they have a pretty house. They have uh, wealthy parents. They have this and this. It's like, just, it doesn't matter what they're doing. Stay in your lane. That was a good one. Yeah, that was good. I'm fired up. I'm going to make my dreams come true. I'm going to go swim and not look <laughs> at anyone else. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. I haven't said this in a while, but if you want to like post on your story or like screenshot this and share mm-hmm. your story, we always love reposting it. and we appreciate you guys so much for sharing the podcast i also love seeing what people are doing while they're listening like they'll yes. post they're cleaning or folding laundry or driving or don't post and drive but i know it does make me feel connected when they're like in their car drinking a chai mm-hmm. or a matcha listening to the podcast i'm like yes yes you're my girl also if you're feeling extra generous you could leave us a rating or a review on the apple podcast app or the spotify app i don't know what's more popular these days i'm always trying to get a pulse on that for some reason it's so I don't know why that's like interests me so much but I feel like Spotify continues to do deals with podcasters so mm-hmm. I feel like it's getting bigger and I, it's just interesting I always listen on Spotify I'm still an Apple girly but I feel like the video you'll, you'll aspect turn. is kind of nice on Spotify if yeah. they do video anyway follow us on Instagram if you're interested it's at what we said podcast you can be a part of all of our like story episodes our advice write-ins all that type of stuff we love you guys so much and that's, that's what, what we, we said. said bye Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.